Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We are doing something really fun and different today. We are interviewing Chelsea Reif, and we're also doing a mini coaching session where Chelsea shares what is most on her mind, what is most stressing her out and giving her anxiety. And then we work through it with the typical process I do with my coaching clients. So a little bit about Chelsea. She is an industry-renowned podcast coach. She helps creatives, coaches, and entrepreneurs launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. She is an expert in storytelling, and she's also a full-time digital nomad, and she hosts the top-rated podcast, in my non-expert opinion. It's a really fun conversation, and I think a lot of what we cover about creative identity and creative process can be applicable to anyone who's looking to stretch or take a little bit of a leap into a project that they're working on. So I hope you enjoy. Also, one thing before we get started, my book has officially been out for over two weeks now, and I've heard from so many of you how much the book has meant to you. Here are some of the messages and DMs I've gotten Liz, I just wanted to let you know this is the best book I've read this year. I can't even explain how seen I feel reading it. Someone else said, I keep going back and highlighting things and I may reread it again. I bought copies for my family and friends because everyone needs this book. Someone else wrote and said, I just finished. I cried. It's so beautiful. So if you have read it and you've loved it, then please do me a huge favor and go on Amazon and review it. It's very easy to do. I think it takes two seconds. Also, if you do choose to review it, then send me a quick email at info at resetnyc.com and we will tune into the energy of your review and send you an Oracle card that will be really fun for you to read. So I will have links in the show notes and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Chelsea. Thank you for being here on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. It was really great to see you in New York and now you're in London. Yes. I can't believe we got to see each other. And yeah, now I'm across the pond in London. So what are all the places that you have been this year? Okay. So January, I was in Cape Town, South Africa. February, I was in Medellin, Colombia. March, I was in Buenos Aires, Argentina. April, I was in Lima, Peru. And then May, June, July, I was in Mexico City. And then towards the end of July, I went home to Florida and then Miami for a client meeting, then New York for two weeks. And then now I'm in London. Amazing. So on this podcast, we often talk about transformation, change, taking big risks and the toolkit that one needs to be able to do that. So can you tell the listeners about your realization or the process that you had to make this change in your life and to do this really bold thing? 
Ooh, yeah, I would say this change came from working in corporate America and realizing how little days ahead off. I worked my way up pretty quickly at my old company. I was a manager at 25. I was hitting President's Club and the sales team. So I always got to go on trips for hitting my quota. And I just started realizing this is it. You know, you can move up maybe to a few more managerial positions, but you hit a cap and you're getting maybe two weeks off. And there's kind of this fantasy of, school summer break where we got two to three months off. And I'm like, that's not happening anymore. So I started planning um, to leave that job. And at that time, it was honestly just to work for another company abroad and at least have that experience. And so I started looking at companies in London and Australia. And I actually interviewed at a few places in London, funny enough, uh, that I'm here now. Didn't get those. And my friend told me about a visa in Australia where you could just work and travel. It's literally called the working holiday visa. And so I looked into that and I was like, wait, this actually could be my ticket to get out of this job, still work in a foreign country, and honestly, just start a new chapter in my life. So I applied for that visa in 2018. And what I did was basically save up for a year and start planning what my life in Australia was going to be. So I got very specific, like what neighborhood I wanted to live in. Uh, did I have friends there? How could I find people there? I was Googling yoga studios in the area just to make sure I had a place to go when I got there. I tried to create certainty out of an uncertain situation by planning ahead. And then eventually when the time came and I felt confident in my savings and what my plan was, I quit my job and then moved to Australia. So that really was the catalyst for starting to work and live abroad. But what I will say is in Australia... I did not start my business off the bat. I took off a whole month. I got my yoga certification in Bali. I scooped gelato. I nannied. I did social media for a music agency. I taught yoga on the beach for free. I did so many random odd jobs. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit when I was in lockdown nannying that I started my business. It wasn't until 2020 that the business and travel gig really started to kick off. Mm, you know, it's interesting because you seem like such a natural entrepreneur, just even your website and the way that you carry yourself. It just seems to be really easy for you. I will say, I think I'm very resourceful. I like to think I'm a cat and I have nine lives and I'll always end up on my feet. <laughs> so that's kind of what helped me in Australia. When I was backed into a corner of, I didn't have a job. I was like, I have no ego about going to babysit, even though I was 30 years old or scooping gelato. At one point, I was even cleaning houses just to make any type of money I could because I was so broke when I was in Australia. So I think that resourcefulness helped me when I started my business. But yeah, when I was younger, remember American Girl Dolls and they had the American Girl books? Yes. Those, yeah, those. I remember reading a lot of those and one of them was about entrepreneurship and I remember making dog treats. I think the recipe was in the American Girl book and selling them around my neighborhood. And my family, we didn't even have a dog. We didn't have dogs until I was in college. So I never even really had dogs in the house. So I always remember that story of like, I think I've always just loved to create things and share it with people. But yeah, I think it's always been in me and through a series of events and honestly, again, traveling and having to wear so many different hats. I think that helped me when I actually did start my business which is now podcast strategy. 
So I help people launch, grow, and monetize podcasts. And by the way, I didn't even start my business like that. I actually was a mindset coach before I did this. So that also was a pivot that I had to adjust to and really create for myself. How did you make that pivot? I was doing mindset coaching for probably a year and a half. And what I realized was I wasn't very clear on who I was attracting. So I was attracting people from all walks of life. Like one session, we'd be kind of focused on business. And then another person was working on body image. And then another person was working on anxiety. And it was just too many things and honestly started to blur a line between like mindset coaching and therapy. And I just started to feel out of integrity. I truly don't think I'm qualified to help a lot of these people. And it was very energetically draining. So I was like, I think I need to put a pin in this or figure out another way to serve people. And my background was actually in broadcast journalism, digital media, and storytelling. So I have an undergrad from FSU in broadcast journalism, and then I have a master's from Loyola in digital media and storytelling. So I'm like, well, you've always liked telling stories. You've always liked creating. You, I've actually had a podcast before I even had a business. So I was like, wait a second, this podcast thing could be something you could teach people. So at the time I was working with a business coach and I asked her, do you think this is a viable product? Do you think this is something I could offer people? And she's like, why don't you throw up some Instagram stories and kind of gauge where people are at and put up a poll, you know, kind of an informal survey. So I remember throwing a poll up and I was like, would you guys be interested in learning how to launch podcasts? And immediately people were like, yes, what's your package? What's your pricing? I'm ready to sign up. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even have a package. I was making it up in my notes app that day. I remember like typing one up and sending it to my coach to review. And she's like, yeah, that looks great. Maybe adjust the pricing here and make it a little bit longer. And so, yeah, that was how I pivoted. And then eventually I figured out a framework to do things and a system. And I started to refine the process a bit more. And then I fully completely pivoted. And now I only do podcast content strategy. Amazing. You know, what I like about your your journey is that you have been so specific in what you want to call in and what you want to manifest in your life. Like when you moved to Australia, I love that you're picturing the neighborhood. I'm picturing the yoga studios. And at the same time too, you've been really flexible and fluid. And so I just really like that balance between structure, intention, and then also going with the flow. Oh, thank you. I One of my mentors early on told me, kill your darlings is a really important tactic. So, you know, when we watch our favorite show or movie and our favorite character gets killed off, we sometimes need that to happen to move on to the next season. And so that's how I had to look at my mindset coaching. It was like, it's run its course. It's time to kill this character off and move to a new season. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And I love hearing about people in whatever process or discovery journey they're in. And so we decided to do something fun and we're going to do a little mini coaching session. Essentially, Chelsea, what you're going to do is kind of share with us the, the biggest question or exploration that's on your mind right now. And then we're going to explore it together if that works for you. A hundred percent. I would love your guidance. Okay. So tell everyone what's on your mind. (laughs) Basically from all my travels, I obviously have a lot of stories. A lot of these stories have nothing to do with my business. They have nothing to do with inspiring people. Honestly, it's really entertainment. And I would say there's a lot of learning about the self and identity and 
who I am as a person and what I contribute to the world. And so it's prompted me to start writing a lot. And I thought it was going to be a memoir or a book. And so I just started drafting everything down. And I still have so many more stories to write. But what I get caught up in is this is a different side of me that no one has really seen online. I've hinted at it in my podcast and I've talked about it here and there. But for example, some of these stories will not paint me in the best light, right? You might not like me after you read some of these chapters. And that's very different from building my podcast business and podcast brand where everything is curated, it's planned. Even though I do stream of consciousness episodes and a lot of behind the scenes, it's still something I've thought about. And again, I'm presenting an offer at the end of the episode or ways to work with me. And again, this book would have absolutely no tie to that, in my opinion. So basically, I've been writing and writing and writing, and I get caught up where I stop writing, where I'm like, well, what are you actually doing with this? Is this going to be a Substack? Is this going to be just an extra podcast episode? Are you going to make a new podcast? Are you going to turn this into a book? So that's where I'm at. And it starts to feel like, I know I want to write this, but I also have so many other priorities within the business that sometimes writing feels a bit frivolous, right? I'm not getting paid to do it. No one's asked me to do it. I don't have a book deal. So sometimes writing is like, why are we spending two hours a day writing when you have other stuff to do? So it's a mix of prioritizing writing and also being a little bit hesitant about putting this writing out into the world. I see. Okay. And when you are drawn to writing, tell me about that energy. You know, I've heard you share why sometimes the doubts stop you in your tracks, but what's the energy that drives you to do it? I think the energy is self-expression and sharing. And I think there's a piece of me that's craving to show this other side of me. I think for a long time in my life, I've identified as an overachiever, straight A student, you know, graduated with honors, successful. Those are things that have always meant a lot to me. And again, with this piece of whatever this is going to be, it doesn't highlight any of those things. In a way, that's what I want to show you. I'm more than my achievements and accolades. I have a very real side of me that's human that deals with bad decisions, different types of scenarios that, again, don't paint me in the best light. And it's in a way I want people to see that side of me. And that's what drives the writing. Right. Okay. This is very helpful. So I'm going to play back what I think I heard you say, and then you edit it so that we get it perfectly right. Okay. So there's a part of you that is tethered to your work and your business. And a lot of that is around old identities of being perfect, perfect student, you know, having knowledge. It's the external persona that you present to the world that because you're in a role where you're consulting and you're guiding people, it's good for your business if you show yourself in a good light, right? In a light where you are showcasing your expertise. And the scary part about this book is that it feels more vulnerable and that you're revealing more layers of yourself. You do yearn to show to people, but there's this question of being unsure of how that ties into the work that you're doing, which has been quite successful. And there's a fear about potentially derailing it or what are you doing and how does this even interact or engage with your current work? 100%. I would say that's that's right. I think that last part, yeah, how does it relate to the current work? you know, my mind is already thinking of the marketing, like, would this go on my website? And then I'm going to confuse people. Like, what is this book about? It has nothing to do with podcasting. There's definitely that piece of work. And I think the other piece is just, yeah, I think perception, right? Like 
client's perception of me is very expertise and I'm in my zone of genius and I have a lot of success in my business. And so this would be like, wait, what? <laughs> like she, yeah. she did what with who? That's definitely coming up. Got it. Okay. And let's give names to these parts of your personality. What do you want to call the part of you that you present often to the world right now? Like the external version of you? I would say the version right now would be maybe the creative genius or the podcast genius, something along those lines. Okay, great. Let's call it the podcast genius. Love that. And the only reason why I didn't want to use the word creative genius is because I also think the work that you're doing with writing is creative too. And so I don't want to necessarily just give that word to that one part of you. Does that make sense? Yes. And then what do you want to call the part of you that feels really drawn to writing right now? I would say the eccentric traveler. Mm, Great. I love it. And, and okay. So let's actually talk about that. How has traveling and these experiences actually made you better at your job? I think it's made me more empathetic and open-minded towards people and their situations. I'm a lot more flexible with my work and understanding people like on a human level because of traveling. I think I've also started to look at success as not just money in the bank or like financials or accolades, but more how have I impacted people's lives? And I've learned that through traveling of how people have impacted my life or I've impacted their life in some way. So that's translated over to my work. And I also think it's given me a lot of perspective and allows me to look at things like enhances that strategy muscle that I have because a strategist essentially is someone that can look at something at an aerial view and then drill it down and piece together like how to work backwards and bring something to life. And I feel like traveling literally will put me at an aerial view when I'm in a plane, but also it gives me perspective to see things that I wouldn't see. I'm a much better problem solver and much more resourceful because of my experiences. Yeah, 100%. So there actually is more shared between the podcast genius and the eccentric traveler than one might think. True. Yeah. They're, they actually are helping each other. Yeah. I think that's something that makes sense. And I think the piece of me that feels like scared is that the a lot of the travel stories are, I'm just going to say it, rooted in sex and relationship dynamics and yeah a lot of stories and things that I haven't talked about necessarily on the podcast and that's something that I'm grasping to see how that could help how those parts help each other yeah 100% so I want to draw an analogy and maybe it's not like the best analogy but you mentioned when you first moved to Australia then you were doing you know whatever it took to make money. And then you moved into mindset coaching. And then from there, you started your business, which is now a great thriving business. And so all those things that you did before, like scooping gelato and nannying and even mindset coaching, it's not a direct one-to-one correlation between starting a strategy firm, podcast strategy business, but they all made you who you are. There was like a, a path that you followed And you couldn't have expected where that was going to lead you. When you were scooping gelato, you weren't like, hey, two steps later, I'm going to be having this vibrant podcast strategy business. So so 
I want to draw a parallel to right now where you're feeling drawn, you know, your creative spirit is drawing you to write, it's compelling you to write. And what if it's also okay if you can just indulge in the writing and not worry right now about where it's going to take you? And the reason why I say this is because one of my favorite authors of all time, Murakami, he talks about his writing process. He's prolific. He's written so many novels, many award winners. I think he's Japan's number one selling novelist. And his first draft is always completely unedited. And he doesn't even really worry about the plot, the characters. He just knows that he has to put it down on paper. And he talks about this this energy of needing to not edit, needing to not hold himself back. Um, And it feels like there's this energy that wants to come through you right now just to get it all down on paper. And I guess the question is, what is it that makes you feel like you need to know what you're doing with it right now? I think it's part of me is that's kind of how I've operated my, I wouldn't even say business because like you said, I didn't know I was going to turn into a podcast strategist and end up here. But I think I think knowing where it's going to go allows me to shape it better than just feel like I'm word vomiting on paper and be like, okay, this is going to be a book. So we can add a little more length or actually this is going to be a sub stack. So tighten it up. And yeah, I think I am editing before the draft is even down because I'm already thinking of like what format I need to put it in. Right. Like you want to be productive with it. Right. Like sometimes I'm writing and writing and writing and writing. And then I started thinking, who's reading this, right? Is this like an email or is this a book? Because to me, those are kind of different energies. And that's when I start to get a little stuck. Right. What if this question that you're asking of who is this for right now? What if the answer to that at this current moment is that it's for you? Does that feel like enough of an answer? Or do you feel like you still need an audience and to know where it's going. Is there a block for you just to have something that is a practice or something that you do just for you? It is something I've a hundred percent thought about of like, what if you just write this and you don't even have to show it to anybody ever? Like, and then you just have this piece of writing for yourself that you can always go back and sift through. And that helps me get started again. And then I stopped. And I think that's something that maybe because of now I'm talking about out loud, the academic stuff that I've done, this is something I'm probably a little bit insecure about. And having structure would make me feel more secure. Like, oh, look, you know what you're doing. But because it's just random pieces of writing, it feels like I'm feeding the insecurity of, oh, look, you're not a writer. You don't know how to write. You're just literally plopping words on the paper. And that's probably why it feels weird to not have a structure. Mm, I see. I see. I see. Okay. So I'm going to play that back and tell me if this sounds right. The search or the yearning for structure has to do with also wanting some validation that what you're doing is productive and respectable and that you are a true writer and that not having a purpose makes you feel insecure about truly being able to own the identity as a writer. Yes, that's it. You know, it was interesting because when you gave that part of yourself that's writing a title, you called yourself the eccentric traveler instead of calling yourself a writer. It's true. (laughs) I think it's really interesting because you are writing right now. (laughs) And what would you, from your mindset coaching days, 
what advice would you give to yourself around mindset and identity with this particular project that you're working on? It would be what I tell my podcast clients. You start calling yourself it and doing it. If you want to be a writer, you write. If you want to start a podcast, you podcast. If you want to be an artist, you start creating art. So for me, I think it's actually calling myself a writer and telling people that because that's what I always tell my clients is I don't care if you have one episode that's 10 minutes long out, you're a podcast host. And so I think for me, the fact that I'm writing something, it needs to just be part of my identity, my Instagram bio, my email signature. When I tell people who what I do, it needs to also be included next to podcast host. Yes, exactly. And it's so beautiful because you already give people this advice and you see that it works and you've already done this yourself and you see that it works. When you started your business, you're like, I'm a podcast strategist. And you put something out on on your stories to see who would be interested. And you were adding value immediately, right? You were helping people right away. And so it's the same thing here. You are writing. That's so true. And I actually had it in my bio last year. And then a travel company I worked with actually reached out to have me write a blog. And it never got published because they got switched around and laid off and a bunch of stuff happened. So their content team didn't end up producing anything. But I remember thinking that's interesting that I made that bio change. And then I actually did have a public writing opportunity. And I think that's the thing I need to remember is just because I don't have a published byline online yet, which might not even be true, to be honest. I might have written something back in the day. I think I need to get over that, that that doesn't mean I'm a legitimate writer. Yeah. And also, if you don't put it out there, then people won't know how to think of you in that way. You know what I mean? Where right. how, how can you get a byline unless you tell people that you're a writer? And exactly the second you put that on your Instagram profile, someone reached out and asked you to write something right? (laughs) Otherwise they wouldn't know. And so I'm a big believer in that too, where you do have to put it out there. And there's a little bit of a leap where it feels scary, but it's if it's the direction that you want to go, then you start with your identity. Yeah, that's so true. It's funny that that I didn't say writer. Now that you say that out loud, I'm like, yeah, because I remember last year I had an out of office signature and it said, excuse me, be right back. I'm embodying my eccentric Berlin archetype where I'm a writer. And I don't know why this time I said traveler. So that's interesting that that identity shifted away, but it it was it's never been shut down. It's I think just scaled back. And so it's time to bring it back to the forefront. Yeah. And there is a connection. As you said, your work as a podcast strategist is rooted in your persistent and enduring passion for storytelling. And what is writing if not storytelling? And so it actually does feel very cohesive to me. Right. I mean, I always think of that, that if I actually transcribed all my episodes, I would have probably two books, you know what I mean? From all the stories I've told on there. And now it's honestly just peeling back the layers of some of the things I've talked about in more detail in what I'm writing. Exactly. And honestly, what I'm tuning into is that you might have a couple of books from all the stuff that you have, you know, and maybe there's a book that is about storytelling and about podcasting. And maybe there's a book that's about traveling, you know, and your life and telling those stories. You you never know, because I think you do have a lot of content and I feel very resonant to what you're saying, because when I was traveling, this was years ago, it was 10 years ago, exactly. I started journaling and writing down everything I was doing 
almost obsessively. You know, every night I would literally write down every single thing that happened. And then I kept doing that for about six years. And what's really funny is that I didn't really know why I was doing it, but I just felt really compelled to journal all the time. And when I went to go write my book, what was the thing that I leaned on the most? It was my notes in my journal. And then also when it came to structuring the parts of the book that were much more advice-oriented and business-oriented, then I actually listened to old podcast episodes and wrote, not verbatim, but I wrote the chapter so quickly after listening to it because all the ideas were already there. So everything that you're doing is adding up to something. I strongly, strongly believe that the structure of it comes through the fingers on the keyboard, not through the brain thinking about it in advance. And so I'll pause there and just get your reactions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love what you just said about everything I'm doing is accumulating to something, even the podcast, the emails I've sent, the Instagram posts I've done. Just because I've published them once doesn't mean I can never, ever talk about them again. And I think that's kind of a, not a block, but I don't even want to call it a fear. It's just maybe an issue that's come up is, oh, I've talked about that on Instagram. I've talked about it in the email, but it's like, but you haven't talked about it in a full on book chapter. And if you've talked about it in other mediums, why not talk about it in a book chapter? So I think it's really helpful to hear how you actually leaned on your previous content to help guide your book. Because that's that's what I, to your point, I have a treasure chest of content. It doesn't need to go to waste. Exactly. You've already written so much and you've already created so much. And there's a story that I heard Elizabeth Gilbert tell at this retreat that I went to a couple of weeks ago. And she was saying how after she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, everyone was saying, you need to write a sequel to Eat, Pray, Love because people want to know what happened to you. What happened to this guy that you met in Bali and you fell in love with? And so it was called Committed and it was kind of like a part two of Eat, Pray, Love. It was the only book that she wrote very strategically with this structure and intention in mind in advance. Okay, the people want this. This is the smart thing to do. And that book sold so few copies. I didn't even know she had that. (laughs) Exactly, right? You didn't even know that she had that. And that was the thing that was most cohesive with her brand. And it literally sold, I think she said one one thousandth of the number of copies that her other books sold. And it came out right after Eat, Pray, Love. She was still writing this high from it. People said they really wanted it. And so I want to use that as a mirror to what you're trying to do, which is to try to impose a structure on what it is before you've given the energy and the creative spirit enough chance to just fully unravel and make itself known. And it was still related to Elizabeth Gilbert. If you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend that you read Big Magic. It's one of my favorite writing books. And she talks about how writing is magic and how you have to just let it do what it wants to do and let it take you where it wants to take you. And then also, it's really nice when the writing that you're doing is disconnected from how you get paid because then it has the freedom to just be what it is. And she talks about how for so long um, she had written three other books before then, and she was still waiting tables. Um, or freelancing as an article writer. She was doing a lot of other things. She wasn't a quote-unquote full-time writer um, until her fourth book. And so I just want to share that with you because I think it's not dissimilar where I actually think it's the perfect setup where you have this great job 
It gives you a lot of flexibility and a lot of adventures and a lot of time and space and stimulus to have these great stories and these great discoveries, but you don't need to force the time pressure on your writing. And so I think that maybe it's the reverse, that not having the structure isn't something that you're lacking, but maybe not having the structure is actually a gift. I think that's actually so helpful to hear people's stories too, because I do so well with hearing like that background of people. And I had no idea that she had that written that second book at all. <laughs> like that's insane to me. And I think also hearing that she was waiting tables and then that book wasn't, or her fourth book was the one that really took off. Yeah. It just reminds me too, whatever I'm writing now doesn't need to be the only thing I write in my life. I think that's something I've kind of imposed on myself. Oh, you're going to get one shot or one chance. And what if just getting it down turns into three more story ideas? And I think that's what I need to hold on to is no one put me in a corner to only write one thing at one time in one place. So I need to remember that. Yeah. And no one put you in a corner to just be the podcast genius. Right. You can be that and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's time to like hyphenate my title on my Instagram, on my email signature, on my website, and even saying that in the podcast. Hi, I'm Chelsea Reif. I'm a podcast host, strategist, and writer. The same way people that are multi-hyphenate actually say all their titles. Right, exactly. And I think what I'm hearing you say is that you were looking towards this structure to give you validation that you're a writer when really what you need to do is just claim it for yourself and step into it. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I was I'm essentially going back to the school model of waiting for a teacher to give you an A plus to tell you you're a good student was waiting on a writer in the industry or a publisher to give me that title. Yes, exactly. And so let's talk about next steps forward. What do you want to do moving forward to help cement this evolution? I think it's updating the titles online and speaking it into existence. So literally, I have to record some intros and outros today. I'm going to start saying that. I'm a podcast host. I'm a strategist. I'm also a writer and not cushion it with anything, right? Not writer to be or aspiring writer. I'm just going to say exactly directly what the title is. I think that's really important for me to own it. And then I think the second thing is do what writers do is build in a writing practice or a writing time. I'm in a writing membership where they have like accountability circles and I kind of always push them off. I'm like, oh, I could do something else during that time. I have this magical fantasy that this book is just going to write itself in one week when I go to Greece. And I know every writer I listen to is like, no, I sat down every day for 20 minutes, five minutes, an hour and got it done. And so I think I really need to start treating my writing practice the same way I treat health and wellness, how I always schedule a class as much as I can every week. I need that same discipline around a writing practice. Amazing. I love all those things. I'm so excited for you. I know. I'm like, as soon as we are done with this call, I'm literally going to go to my Instagram bio and my email and change all the titles. Amazing. Okay. So Chelsea, what do you want people to know about you or tell people where they can find you? What I want you to know about me is I'm now a writer and a (laughs) podcast host and strategist. So yes, if you want to launch, grow, or monetize your podcast, you can find me at chelseareife.com or my Instagram is at chelseareife. I'm always checking the DMs. 
and I'm here to help you in whatever way you see fit. That's my favorite thing to do. I also love to teach people storytelling skills. So things from pitching, interviewing, structuring a story, that's something I'm really expanding on in the coming months and 2024 is mastering the art of storytelling. So if you ever need help with that, you can find me on my website or on Instagram. Yes. And check out Chelsea's podcast as well. In yes. my non-expert opinion, which is amazing. Oh, and everyone check out my podcast because Liz was on it for a two-parter. So if you want to hear about her book writing journey and just full breakdown of her entire entrepreneurial journey, you are going to definitely love that two-parter episode. Excellent. Okay. Everyone have a great day. And thank you, Chelsea. Thank you.